The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community right here in Jamaica with a program um, dedicated to educating the general public on issues and concerns and also some of the questions they may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program, as I said, is brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and for the knowledge of the new listeners the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations um, in Islam and the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is spread across over 200 countries and rejects any form of violence against God's creation our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none one of the unique um, remarkable features which also differentiates the Ahmadiyya Muslim community from other Muslim sects is that this community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. In the course of the program, if you feel to send in your question or any concern, please do so via WhatsApp and the number is 876 2839533 Today on the show I am very um, glad to be joined by two distinguished missionaries of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community one joining me all day from Canada in the person of Imam Mansur Azim Imam Mansur Azim is the seventh missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Lloydminster in Canada he also served briefly in Uganda as a trainee and for the past three years Imam Mansur has been serving in the capacity as a missionary in Lloyd Minster. He graduated from the um, Ahmadiyya Muslim Institution in Canada. Joining me also right from here in Jamaica is Imam Tariq Azim who is the president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And um, gentlemen, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May peace and blessings be upon you and all the listeners. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, so, um, going straight to our guest from Canada, Imam Mansur Azim. Um, we know that this year's Ramadan has been a very, um, if we should put it, very difficult way. And today, being the 24th of May, 2020, Muslims the world over are celebrating Eid. So our discussion is going to be around the Eid celebration and also Ramadan and the lockdown in view of the global crisis, uh, coronavirus, the pandemic. So we're going to look at all the issues surrounding how Muslims all over the world, particularly speaking from Canada and also um, in Jamaica, how the experiences were. But if I should ask you some personal questions, um, Imam Mansu, how um, was this year's Ramadan like personally and also um, Jamaat-wise? 
how it was different. Um, as a missionary, you know, it was it was very different, and uh, the things that um, made it different for me personally also made it different as a missionary. And same is the vice versa. You know, I'm the same person who is a missionary, and also um, some of the personal aspects as well. It was a very different kind of Ramzan, the one that I personally have never celebrated ever before. Sure. And neither do I believe that any of us would have, you know, celebrated this ever before in this way. Um, it was as if we were living in the same world and uh, within weeks, the whole world was changed. I remember um, we were doing some uh, tabligh activities in the month of February. Tabligh means, means uh, preaching activities, right? Preaching activities. Sure, sure. We were conveying the, the message of Islam to the others and uh, removing the misconceptions of others as well in the month of February. And, um, you know, in March, we had to shut down our mosque, mosque uh, because of the health um, guidelines. And then um, everything was, it was completely changed. So as a missionary, I personally as well, and as a missionary as well, I get around a lot, meet with a lot of people. That's kind of part of the job and who I am and who, uh, w- what I do. I remember just last year when uh, Ramadan came, um, I invited half of the community members who were living in this town to my place for the iftar dinner. But this time I could not do it because of the health guidelines. And other than health guidelines, our beloved Imam, the supreme head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Mirza Masroor Ahmed, um, he has also instructed us to follow the health guidelines and the government officials. Sure. He has restricted us to you know, convey and spread uh, of this virus. But we have to understand over responsibility as well. That's upon our shoulders. That uh, other than these guidelines and these instructions, as an imam, as uh, a missionary, it is my responsibility as well to um, to stop the spread as much as possible. I would not be able to forgive myself if anything happened to anyone because of just meeting him or inviting him over. So, you know, this was very changed. Traditionally, we used to have members coming to the mosque every night, large gatherings, travi prayers, but this time it was not possible to organize such thing. And uh, as I mentioned before, these things which has affected me as a missionary has also affected me personally as well, because ever since I remember, I used to attend these uh, travi prayers, which used to be in the month of Ramadan in the night. Yeah, the special, special evening prayers during Ramadan. Especially, yes, especially evening prayer. And uh, I have spent most of my life, I was born and raised in Libya. The whole, uh, it's, a, it's a Muslim country. country yeah. so I know that over there is the neighbors, the whole city would actually come and gather at the mosque for the Taravi prayers. And uh, I cannot imagine the situation over there because of the COVID-19 and how the whole thing have, has been changed. You know, it, it is visible here in, in Western countries, for example, Canada. But I certainly cannot imagine what it, it has to be in Libya and other Muslim countries, not able to come to the mosque and uh, offer the prayers in gatherings. So it was definitely a change, different, untraditional Ramadan for all of us. Yeah, um, thank you very much. But you know, in every situation of, of um, imams and also faith inspiring 
um, individuals of our um, respective religious communities, we try to uh, make some good in every situation. So we see positives and negatives in every situation. Can you take take us through some of the positives that um, you witnessed or you you experienced during this month of Ramadan, and also particularly celebrating um, Eid in isolation in some cases? Definitely, uh, you know there are there are positives to everything. You know there is a positive side everywhere. So um, uh, before Ramadan, it just not affected us. In Ramadan, I saw that uh, the Easter celebrations uh, done by the Christian faith also affected, you know, affected by the COVID-19 and the Passover festival affected in Judaism and many other social and religious festivals were affected by this. But I have seen, I have witnessed myself that new ways have emerged, sure. new ways of celebration that I, I am seeing. Although the, the technology was here before, but uh, there wasn't a need um, to be foreseen um, for these, the use of this technology. Yeah. But during this COVID-19 times, I've seen that uh, the sermons are now being streamed live and a lot of people are uh, availing this opportunity to listen to these sermons and these uh, religious, spiritual sermons and the roots. So many people are attending these sessions now. I have seen that more people, I have witnessed myself that more people are, people are listening to these uh, sermons and uh, uh, offering prayers at home. For example, we do our local sermon every day in our Lord Minster, this town. Yeah. And uh, a, a community member came to me and he said that, you know, all those Ramazans that have passed before, I, because of my job, I couldn't attend to listen to those durus. And I felt bad because I, I was not able to, because of my job, I drive a yeah. truck in the evening. But uh, because of this, now every day, I dial in your number and I listen to the nurse online. And this has benefited me a lot in my personal, in my domestic affairs as well, and in my everyday affairs. That's quite impressive. Yes. And a lot of other programs, for example, the uh, over efforts have moved uh, to online platforms. For example, there is uh, in this Ramzan that has passed, we did a virtual Ramzan campaign, which was uh, done by the local cities and towns and uh, the local mayors, premiers of the provinces, and even the prime minister, he sent his wishes and messages to these virtual programs. So again, this is something that I've seen new as well. Before it didn't happen, this this is the same program that we used to do every year with a different name, Fast with Muslim Family, in which uh, some people would come and do iftar dinners with us and open fast with us and get to know more about Islam and why we fast. But this time it was a new virtual online way and many more attended these programs than they used to do before. One more thing that I want to mention is that, you know, uh, with this, I've been listening to the stories from my community members as well. Yeah. They have been telling me that they have more time to spend with families as well. Uh, the fathers who used to be at, at jobs and couldn't spend time with their family members, now they are spending a whole week with, the, with their families and they are giving more time to them, to their children. So the bond, the bond is strengthened. Yes, the family bond is strengthened. Sure, with this. Sure. The, the, the time that they couldn't spend anywhere else, now they are spending uh, in fulfilling their hobbies as well. For example, some of them are tending towards gardens, reading books and taking care of their lawns, except so all these things which we couldn't find time before. Now we uh, we have this opportunity to avail this time, which uh, the things that we couldn't do ever before. 
Okay, then um, here we get into our main discussion, and um, I should say a very big thank you for your introductory um, remarks, and also sharing with us some personal as well as experiences that you went through or you, ha you have experienced, and also some of the positives that uh, you have, um, you know, taken from this unfortunate situation. For the listener listening to us who might not be a Muslim. Take us through how many celebrations. I mentioned that today um, we are Muslims all over the world are celebrating what is known as Eid al-Fitr. And basically it's a celebration that is held at the end of the one month um, long fasting in the month of Ramadan. What are the religious holidays in Islam, particularly with regards to these two um, celebrations? So just like uh, there are religious festivals in every religion like uh, christmas and easter in christianity and passover and other festivals in judaism and holy and diwali in hinduism and uh, other festivals in different other religions similarly there are two main religious festivals in islam uh, in the islamic calendar which is the eid al-fitr which we are celebrating today and there is another Eid, which is Eid al-Azha, which we will celebrate after two months and 10 days, inshallah. So these are the two Eids that we celebrate. These are the two main festivals of Islam. When are these days celebrated? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, there aren't any fixed days uh, in the Georgian calendar to celebrate these days. Like uh, Christmas, we celebrated every 25th of December. Yeah. But... Um, in Islam, these um, celebrations, these festivals, they take place at uh, following the lunar calendar, the calendar of the moon. Yeah. Um, similar to the Georgian calendar, there is also 12 months in the lunar calendar as well. And Eid al-Fitr is celebrated when the new moon, when the moon has been witnessed from the month of Ramadan. The name is also suggested, given to the, the month of Ramadan as well. So when the moon is seen or witnessed by our own eyes, then uh, this Eid is celebrated. Um, Allah Ta'ala, our God, has uh, said in the Holy Quran, uh, This is the verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 186, that whoever witnessed the moon should fast during this month. So witnessing of this moon is very necessary. And uh, I know that sometimes people do ask that why certain countries celebrate these festivals on different times yeah. and uh, there's Eid being celebrated in Canada for one day and the next day it is being celebrated in let's say India or UK or Turkey or other places of the world. That is because the horizon of uh, different countries to see or to witness the moon is very different. Okay? Um, as the sun rises from the east and we have different uh, time zones different countries follow different time zones yeah. similarly the moon because of its orbit it is first visible from the west and its orbit goes all the way towards the east so the countries like canada usa mexico ecuador peru or chile will definitely witness the moon before from the countries like uk turkey tanzania or india and it all depends on when the moon has been witnessed it also depends on the age of the moon as well um, for example, the very young moon, which is not visible from our naked eyes, um, it does not fulfill the criterion to be witnessed. And thus, the Eid will not be celebrated by such a young moon. For example, I'll give you one example here in Canada. In Canada, 
this year, the first of moon was on 23rd of April. But uh, the first of Ramazan, which was celebrated, the first uh, fasting that was done was on April 25th. Because uh, the moon was so young that it could not be witnessed from the naked eye. And it is also one of the uh, criteria to see the moon with the I mean, naked eye before fasting is um, observed. Yes. So a moon which is so young, um, just like this year, it was only 0.3% luminant. Um, and it did not fulfill the criteria. It was there, but not like there. So this is why um, a whole day was given so that the, the moon can be witnessed from the naked eye. And thus the, uh, the Ramadan in Canada was celebrated on April the 25th. Yeah, um, let, me, let, let me, you know, come here. Over the past weeks in our programs listeners who are very regular might have heard one thing one common thing we keep we kept mentioning the month of ramadan the month of ramadan that month is you know expired yesterday and today being the eid meaning that we have entered into a new month so the next month after ramadan which is called the shawal the first of that month is the um the day that the eid is celebrated is that right Yes, just like okay. we witnessed the moon yesterday, so today we are celebrating the Eid. Okay. And um, what about the, the other Eid? Um, we also understand there's another Eid in Islam called Eid Adha. Can you just um, give us a little bit of you know, information about it? So in about two months and ten days, on, uh, there's another lunar month which is called Zilhajjah. So on 10th of Zilhajjah, this is also a lunar month, uh, we will be celebrating Eid Al-Azha which is the second festival in Islam, yeah. which is commemorated uh, because of the sacrifice that was given by the prophet Abraham. And uh, we commemorate those, uh, this, uh, this sacrifice and all of the Muslims, they gather in, uh, the, in Saudi Arabia near the old house, uh, Mecca, and um, they do a pilgrimage where all the Muslims do a pilgrimage to celebrate this Eid al-Azha. This is the second festival. Thank you very much. And let me go to Imam Tariq Azim. Imam Tariq Azim, let me ask you, what is the significance or the essence of Eid al-Fitr, the celebration that was observed um, today? Here in Jamaica, the Eid al-Fitr was um, observed a little over 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, of course, the government has relaxed the regulations and the limitations of um, their religious organization so we have the liberty to offer the eid prayer and the um, celebration what is the significance of this at all yes absolutely um eid al-fitr is as our missionary mentioned that uh, it is one of the main holidays in the religion of islam uh, and uh, he also explained that how the time and all these things are calculated that when this Eid is celebrated. But it is important to know that why do we celebrate these festivals? Are they just so that we can, you know, um, go into our party modes and just be celebrating and, you know, God forbid, drinking and doing all these things? Or is there, uh, you know, some spiritual aspect to it? So this is important to understand in Islam, whatever holiday, whatever religious day is uh, prescribed or given, uh, there is a spiritual benefit in it. This is what we believe and this is what we understand. So we just passed through the blessed month of Ramadan. It is such a special occasion that, you know, we 
it, we are told that this is an opportunity to have your sins forgiven. Yeah. In this month, God Almighty is ever more merciful and it's easier for us to get our sins forgiven if we pray very fervently. It is also a month in which if we strive towards God Almighty, we can gain his nearness. We can do it at other times as well. But in this month, God Almighty, it is mentioned that it is the you know, most uh, uh, sacred month in the sense of uh, you know, gaining the nearness of Allah the Almighty. So when this Eid comes, Eid al-Fitr comes, it becomes uh, an opportunity to express our gratefulness to Allah the Almighty for allowing us to witness yet another Ramadan, another blessed month in our lives. So this is number one, as a, you know, we are being grateful to Allah the Almighty when we are celebrating Eid al-Fitr that, oh Allah, we are very grateful that you had given us this opportunity. And again, the celebration will truly become a celebration if we derive the purpose that this blessed month came for. So as, you know, as I mentioned that since it comes after the month of Ramadan, this becomes a second reason of celebration. Sure. That it becomes a celebration for those people who have put themselves, you know, through this spiritual exercise in the month of Ramadan. So number one, it was the expressing our gratefulness to Allah the Almighty to witness the month. And number two, it, uh, you know, um, it, it is a celebration for having gone through this spiritual exercise and successfully coming out, becoming more reformed, becoming a better human being. So that is another uh, aspect of it. You know, on Eid, people celebrate it uh, differently across the globe, but it is, it is, an, it is an event of uh, happiness and jubilation. So people eat delicious foods on this day. And that's not just in Islam. We see it in, you know, on Easter and Christmas as well. But in Islam, the real food is the spiritual nourishment we have achieved in the, in the month of fasting. So this is again the celebration of the month of Ramadan. This is the important thing to understand. This day on its own would not be as significant if it wasn't for Eid, uh, for, for the blessed month of Ramadan. So to make it a successfully, to make it, you know, uh, to derive the maximum spiritual and, uh, uh, you know, benefit of Ramadan, uh, one should continue the good habits that he or she has developed in the month of Ramadan. You know, there's many good things that we do in Ramadan, yeah, for example, yeah. We, we, we've been talking about it for past few episodes as well. We become more charitable. We, we turn to God more for prayers. We recite the Holy Quran more. Uh, we add extra voluntary prayers to our daily schedule, which we, we're, we're not obligated to do uh, generally. So all these good habits that we have developed in the month of Ramadan to make this day, Eid al-Fitr, a day of success, a successful Eid, it would be necessary that uh, we continue the good habits that we have developed. So when someone, um, you know, you can understand it in this manner as well, that for example, if a person uh, observes a diet to lose weight for yeah. whatever period of time, when that period ends, if he were to go back to those same fast food restaurants and start eating just the same amount of junk food that he used to consume before, what purpose did he achieve from observing that diet? So the true celebration would for that person be if he is able to continue those habits going forward as well. Right? He can treat himself a little as we do treat ourselves on Eid al-Fitr. But at the same time, all the good habits that we have observed in the month of Ramadan and we 
have kind of made them, you know, uh, made them easy for ourselves now because of doing it continuously. It should be that in the month of, uh, on the, when we are celebrating Eid al-Fitr, we should, uh, you know, it, or this, this celebration itself becomes a reminder that it must be celebrated in light of the lessons learned during the month of Ramadan. This is the key thing to understand. And I know we are talking about Eid al-Fitr here, but its purpose cannot be understood. Its essence without, cannot without be understood. Ramadan, without bringing Ramadan into discussion. Absolutely. So usually, you know, Eid al-Fitr sermons are also uh, very often revolving around uh, the topic of uh, uh, Ramadan and the good habits we have developed and how we must continue with those good habits and, you know, going forward until next Ramadan and then trying to improve and moving up a step from that there on. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq, for the um, explanation. Now I come to Imam Mansur um, Azim Sab. Can you, you know, take us through how people generally celebrate Eid? Uh, both religious and also social aspects in mind. Um, Eid, uh, you know, as it is a festival and uh, festival is celebrated by people. So mostly it is celebrated in uh, a large mosque, a capital mosque with a large gathering. Um, Muslims offer Eid prayer and uh, listen to the Eid sermon. And uh, after they have uh, prayed and listened to the sermon, there is a silent prayer. And after this prayer, everyone hug each other in a traditional manner three times. And uh, those who have gathered around from the city in one mosque. The Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him, um, he used to instruct all the Muslims to take care of um, you know, your cleanliness, especially on Eid day, and to wear nice dresses, brush your teeth, and uh, celebrate this, uh, this day with and enjoy the festivities. So in the same manner, this uh, Eid normally is celebrated in this way that uh, new dresses are worn on this day, new shoes, uh, fragrances are worn on this day as well. There are a couple of more things. For example, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he used to take some desserts uh, before going to the Eid prayer. And uh, the members, the Muslims, they also make some desserts at home, especially on this day, on the Eid day. And uh, they distribute these desserts to all around town. Literally, they treat the day as a, special, a very special day. A very special day. And they start the day with the desserts. Okay. And um, families, for example, they share the meals together. There is invite overs. There is also uh, going to the relatives and having backyard parties, for example. Or sometimes uh, even where there are a lot of Muslims they also gather at one place and uh, call it Eid Milan party or, you know, Eid picnic, where the whole concept behind the festival of Eid is, again, as uh, over Imam Sam mentioned, uh, not to have, you know, just the festivities, but also because the, the essence behind the festival is to create sort of love and brotherhood and a sort of unity between the Muslims. And this is why all the festivities are taking place. For example, I'll give you one example. You know, um, mostly in our daily routines, not during COVID-19, but as you have asked that how generally people celebrate this age. Yeah, yeah. So generally when people gather at the, at the mosque for, for five daily prayers, they come to know about who live around them. So they come to know about um, the, 
the, the, the neighborhood. And thus, a person get to, you know, when, when you get to know of each other's needs and what they require and everything, then you will also take care of them. I want to mention the reference from the Bible as well. As Jesus, peace and blessings of God be upon him, he has commanded that love thy Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Similarly, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him, he has also instructed to take care of the neighbors. He once uh, said that the uh, Archangel Gabriel, sent by God Almighty, has instructed me to this degree that I thought the neighbors would also have or given part from the inheritance as well. One can only take care of the neighbors if one knows who live around them. In our Western countries, especially in Canada, most of the times, we don't even know who is living beside us, who is living in our town. <laughs> yeah. When such a gathering occurs five times a day and people are you know, coming and going to the mosque and coming back, so they get to know the needs of each other. Some of them might be disabled. Some of them might even need rights. Some of them might be poor and less fortunate. They might require some groceries and other stuff that you can provide to them. So this is, you know, get to know kind of um, um, gathering. Then there is second gathering as there are two gatherings of Eid al-Fitr, for example. Eid al-Azha and Eid al-Fitr, there are two main gatherings. There is a third one, which is a temporary holiday, which uh, God has also mentioned in the Holy Quran, which is uh, the prayer of Friday, where all the Muslims of one town gather at one place and uh, they get to know each other. And God has also commanded in, this, in the same verse, that even if one has to take leave from the job, leave all the businesses, all the trades, and go and offer this prayer. So this commandment fulfilled the purpose. Again, that if one is not able to offer five-time daily prayer, then he or she will be able to offer the Juma prayer. And uh, the third one is the Eid where it comes in, where the, the Muslims of a whole city gather at one place and they get to know each other. Some sort of brotherhood and unity and love is formed between them. And again, the fourth one is also an Eid, which you mentioned before, Eid al-Azha, which is the second festival in which the love and the unity is on international grounds. And Muslims from all across the world gather at one place, which is in Saudi Arabia, and they form new friendships. They form new brotherhoods and um, love for each other. And these friendships, they carry on even when they depart from each other, when they come to different, uh, their own countries. I know, I know some stories of our members who have made new friends in Saudi Arabia, Mecca, and uh, those friendships continue to develop and they visit each other to their different countries. So this is a new sort of friendship. So all these festivities, everything, you know, even celebrating when celebrating Eid, going to one place, going to the families, going to the relatives, all of this, this to form unity, brotherhood, and love, love between the, the Muslims and the believers. Thank you. Uh, you made mention of the neighbor, and the neighbor is also at the central point of these Eid celebrations. And um, as Muslims, the Prophet Muhammad has encouraged us to take care of our neighbors. And he, you know, he stressed this so much that the people who were around him thought that he would certainly even make the neighbor um, her in our inheritance. And the Prophet um, described the neighbor as one who lives 40 houses radius from where you live. And then if you make the circumference, so 40 houses circling around you, these 
I mean, those who fall within the category are considered as neighbors. And also, any person who comes within your proximity at any given time, whether you are traveling or you are in public space, they are also your neighbors and they are very important in these celebrations. But then, let me come to Imam Tariq Azim. There is some term which is very common anytime we have either fitr, and that is what we call sadaqat fitr. Can you take us through what sadaqat fitr is, and um, is it mandatory or is optional? Yes, uh, sadaqat fitr. Uh, the term sadaqa actually it is very commonly used in uh, Islamic terminology. It refers to charity. Charity, yeah. And last week our episode actually was on this very topic that is charity. So when we say Sadaqatul Fitr, it refers to the charity that is done before the Eid prayer itself. So before Muslims go for Eid prayer, the Eid festival, um, yeah. Eid festival, Eid celebration, that is actually, you know, it's actually a prayer service that takes place uh, either in a mosque or uh, somewhere outside. And before they go, they uh, give something as charity. And we find that uh, in the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that this sadaqatul fitr or this form of charity is mandatory. The Prophet has said that it has been made incumbent on all the servants or free Muslims, male or female, to pay one saw of dates or barley as charity on the day of Eid al-Fitr. This is taken from one of the most authentic books of the uh, sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Okay. So it becomes very clear from this narration that it is made incumbent upon every Muslim. Every Muslim. It says even those, even those that might be poor, whatever little they can afford, they should give, uh, you know, um, basically, sadaqatul fitr. So uh, I think I should clarify here. I use the term to pay one saw of dates. Saw is, a, is a, you know, it was a measure. Type of measurement. By, exactly. It's a type of a measurement used by the Arabs. And saw actually means a cup or a goblet. So in today's measurements, it would be about two to three kilograms of some food items. So in those days, you know, people were agricultural and, uh, you know, beside trading with coins and things like that, very often people would actually trade items. So again, for that reason, people would bring uh, a saw or two or three kg of dates or barley. And actually some other narrations, we find tons of other things that people could bring, bring as well. I'll just read one more narration. It says that a companion says, we used to give one saw of meal or one saw of barley or one saw of dates or one saw of cottage cheese or one saw of raisins or that is dried grapes as zakat al-fitr or charity for uh, on the day of Eid al-Fitr. So again, many different things uh, people used to give. And the purpose, I will get to that uh, later, but it was their way of participating uh, by donating any of those things into this uh, charity. In these days, because um, you know it would be difficult for many of us to manage all these food items, people can still donate, but generally we fix an amount. And we try to fix an amount that would match closest with the time of Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So here in Jamaica, we have fixed $350 per head uh, as, as our sadaqatul fitr or charity for on the day of Eid al-Fitr. Um, that would mean that if there is four people in a, uh, you know, in a household, then $350 per person, it would be done even if the youngest 
is only a day old. So that is uh, Sadaqatul Fitr. The purpose of Sadaqatul Fitr is twofold. Yeah. And that is the same as any other charity in Islam. Number one, we give Sadaqah to purify ourselves. It is our spiritual purification. We believe that when we sacrifice something we love, uh, in result, Allah the Almighty purifies our heart, cleanses our soul. And the second is to serve humanity. So we give this Sadaqatul Fitr because, see, we, we are gathering in a place to celebrate such a happy occasion. But there might be many people who might not have the means to even celebrate, to, to even call this a celebration because they might not have anything to eat on that particular day. Yeah. So Sadaqatul Fitr uh, becomes a mean of serving humanity as well, that through this we try to help uh, anybody that is deserving, anyone that might be needy. And uh, this is another purpose uh, of, of Sadaqatul Fitr. And yes, as you asked earlier, it is mandatory uh, in Islam on all those people who can afford so um by the description of what you you give you said during the prophet Muhammad's time muslims were required to donate some kind of food items or whatever they could find and the measurement they were supposed to give is what you call the sa in islam what is called is sa in islam and the that is the equivalent of about 3.2 kilos and then if it is in the liquid form like milk or something then it's going to be one gallon Today, that is uh, approximately three, you know, point somehow about three point seven, three point five liters. So this is what everybody is to bring, and it's per household. So as you said, if there are four people in the household, that is a father, mother, and uh, two children. The parent, I mean, the father has to pay or give this, you know, measure for each person. And then you stated that the purpose is to take care of um, the needy and those who might not have what it takes to also share in the aid celebration this is quite important because i have seen um having lived in uh, predominantly christian countries we have seen in i mean instances where during christmas um people go through all you know kind of um difficulties to also be part of this celebration but then islam takes care of this needy even before the eid prayer is said and according to the islamic uh, jurisdiction if a person does not pay it before the eid prayer is offered that does not constitute sadaqah it constitutes a general sadaqah and the purpose is somehow um deviated so that is quite important at this point i come to ask of the individual countries and how the eid celebrations were um you know affected so i mean by covid 19 and going to canada um i would ask our imam um in lloyd minster to take us through how Eid celebration was affected by covid 19 this year you know Eid day was uh, very used to be a very special day uh, just last year uh since morning uh, we used to be busy in preparing the desserts and uh, because uh, we needed to, to distribute that, those desserts to the family members and also to the members of the community. But um, this year, because of the fear that um, it might spread from you know, one family to another family to the third family because going door to doors and knocking their doors and meeting them. So because of the fear, 
this is why we didn't uh, distribute the same desserts, which was a traditional way to celebrate Eid right before in the morning. The second thing that uh, I really missed uh, uh, on today is that, you know, since morning wearing new clothes and um, pregnancies and going to the mosque and listening to the sermon and uh, offering the Eid prayer and then uh, that you know, traditional way of meeting each other three times, hugging each other and asking each other, how is everything? Um, I really missed that. So this was definitely something changed. Then in the afternoons, though, we used to have um, invite over family used to come to my house as well. And I used to go to some families and uh, we used to have barbecues. Uh, different families would do barbecues in their backyard and maybe gathered at some place. Last year, we gathered in a park, all of our community members to celebrate Eid. This time we couldn't do it because of the health guidelines that Canada um, officials have um, you know, announced. Similarly, uh, uh, members would used to go to their elders and meet them and greet them. But now in Canada, especially in Canada, uh, those uh, elders who are in long-term care um, it is not possible for anyone to go visit and visit them. them from outside. So this is definitely something that has changed and due to the COVID-19 restrictions. Then I know that uh, kids used to receive money and also some gifts, uh, money because the things to buy the things that they could not in their normal routine. So Eid festival, the elders used to give some money. And then there was a, you know, a huge amount of, uh, not a huge, but for kids, it, it was actually huge. Huge, yeah. So, amount of money that they, they used to gather from the people who are visiting their houses and also from their elders. This is definitely has changed uh, this Eid because not a lot of people have visited, not any of the people have visited and they couldn't go to their elders. And uh, this is definitely changed. You know, the kids Eid is especially for the kids because it is a celebration just like uh, Christmas is when sure. they receive, the kids receive gifts from their elders from, from relatives Easter. far yeah. across. Yes. So this has definitely been changed. But with all of this, uh, the members have also instructed in Canada to offer their Eid prayers at home. So this is also something very different, um, especially where, you know, me and my wife only live at our home. So it is definitely an Eid, which is just like another day. But at the same time, there are some new ways uh, that has been introduced as well. You know, there, as, as you mentioned right in the start of this program that there is definitely some positive sides. So this year here in Canada, uh, we are doing a program which will start to air just in a couple of hours afterwards. It's called Eid Together Program. And uh, members around Canada will be able to join in this uh, new online virtual kind of Eid program. And children will be able to convey their messages and Eid Mubarak messages and wishes that's, to- That's to, quite, quite interesting. Yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know that there's new ways that are emerging. These are not the traditional ways of celebrating Eid, but definitely these, these are new. And the new thing that we have an, uh, introduced here in Canada this year, we have uh, introduced some online trivia games and quiz games uh, to the kids and the whole family will be able to partake in these games. So it is also something interesting which never happened before and now we are seeing these things. So definitely something new a new way to enjoy the same uh, festival, but in a very non-traditional way, but it brought a lot of positive things with us. It uh, brought some online things with us where uh, the members of the community, the Muslims, the believers, they can um, 
the same unity that they used to form locally sure. now the same unity is being formed on a national scale thank you very much um imam mansur azim for sharing your your aid experience and how um the covid 19 impacted it um to imam tarik azim here in jamaica our narratives will be somehow different because we have the um the blessing of the government you know kind of relaxing the um restriction on public gathering so we were blessed to um for the second time at least on friday we were able to say the juma prayer that is the friday prayer uh collectively of course uh, keeping in view all the safety measures and also uh, today's aid can you take us through exactly what happened yes i first of all i must say that um, i and along with you know the rest of our congregation here in jamaica we are very grateful alhamdulillah all praise to allah that we uh, had the opportunity to offer eid prayer you know, as the situation has become better here, the, the health authorities have been able to uh, manage this, uh, this situation better than some other countries. They were able to open the worship places to, you know, to the, to the respective congregations. So, Alhamdulillah, thanks, uh, thank, you know, we thank Allah the Almighty for this opportunity. Uh, it seemed like that we would not be able to offer our Eid prayer just like most other, many other countries right now. But uh, we, we were able to offer that is the first biggest blessing and I'm grateful for that. But again, you know, as you mentioned already, that we made sure to observe all the protocols. You know, social distancing was number one biggest challenge as a matter of fact, because normally Muslims stand shoulder to shoulder when they're offering their prayers. Yeah. So in this case, we had to stand five, six feet, six feet apart from each other. And, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, normally uh, what would uh, what might be one row of uh, worshippers uh, we had to have that same amount of people in maybe three rows so this was unusual but at least as i mentioned still we were able to offer it and we were, we were, we were you know grateful for that imam mansoor also mentioned that normally people hug each other on um, on eid celebration as a sign of happiness and as yeah. a means of congratulating each other so you know we were deprived of that this year uh, because uh, mean, while maintaining our social distancing, we made sure not to shake hands. We made sure not to hug each other. But uh, at the same time, we, we were able to gather and that itself was a big, big blessing. Other than that, I mean, all the other protocols that the government had put in place, such as the temperature check, uh, you know, through an infrared thermometer, we were doing that. We had sanitization stations. And uh, as soon as the Eid prayers were finished inside the prayer hall. We had uh, requested members to quickly, um, you know, uh, move out and disperse rather than gathering in any one spot. And usually, as you know, the temperatures are quite hot, and we uh, normally on Eid we would turn on the ACs. But here, uh, because of the instructions from the government, we did not turn on our ACs. That's that's one significant significant change. That that I mean, I also noticed that um, usually um, due to the the temperature, as you said, we would turn on, we would blow all our ACs to fullest. And um, but then due to the guidelines from the head authorities, that is not helpful this time. So we did not use the ACs and uh, had to allow the free f uh, flow of air you know, cross-ventilation cross to, 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 to pass through. That was quite interesting. Yeah. 
Yes, so that was another difference. But by the grace of Allah, our mosque here in St. Catherine, is, is, it's quite, uh, you know, ventilation-wise, it's very nice. So the air passes, very nice breeze passes through the mosque. So if someone has not seen it, I invite them and welcome them that once the situation with this COVID-19 gets better, they should definitely take a visit and have a look at our mosque. But other than that, I mean, um, we one thing that we did different this year was that we know that many members of our uh, Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Jamaica, their jobs have been affected because of COVID-19. So what we did was that we prepared packages, food packages, which included some basic things such as uh, rice, flour, sugar, cornmeal, and, uh, and a can of tin mackerel. All these things we, you know, we made packages and we gave them to the most deserving members in our community. When I say most deserving, meaning we know that they, they do need help. And that's why we, we try to do whatever we can uh, to help them out. So this was something that we uh, did differently this year. The Eid celebration, as Imam Mansur mentioned, that it is very different. But at least for us, we were able to offer it. Uh, for most other countries, uh, they weren't even allowed to congregate. So we're very grateful. One thing I just wish to touch upon Imam Mansur mentioned that, um, you know, Eid celebration is going and meeting people and um, especially our elders. So over here in, in Jamaica, one of our members is, uh, actually two of our members are permanently admitted into, uh, you know, senior healthcare facilities. And on this day, uh, normally we would try to meet with them, but on this day, it is not possible that we go and meet them. We, we, try, we talk to them and do all these things, but we're not able to meet them personally because those uh, institutes, those um, healthcare facilities have taken very strict measures and they don't allow any guests in. So we feel for those uh, Muslim uh, members of our community living inside those places that are not able to congregate anywhere, that are not able to celebrate, uh, not even by meeting people. So we, I do feel for them. And I pray that this situation, this COVID-19, you know, we get past this quickly so that we can be with our loved ones, with, with those, uh, you know, that we're not able to meet with on a regular basis. Thank you very much. And um, you mentioned care packages um, to um, most deserving members of the community. And uh, I think you left something out. There was also, as part of the Ramadan activities and also the aid uh, process also, uh, there were care packages that were also given to non-Muslim neighbors within our um, the mosques, our neighbors with, uh, around the mosque. Can you take us through what, what, what happened for listeners who might not be aware of this? Yes, absolutely. Last Sunday, actually, I very briefly mentioned it as well. Okay. Uh, we, we had this, uh, this campaign in our uh, mosque. It was called Neighborhood Helper. So in Islam, there is a significant emphasis, as we have discussed earlier in our episode today, on caring for the neighbors. So in celebration of Ramadan and the coming Eid, that is Eid al-Fitr, we decided that we, uh, you know, we gathered uh, some food, we prepared some food packages for our neighbors. And last Sunday, the youth of our community went out and distributed it in the vicinity of the mosque. And we distributed over 60 packages by the grace of Almighty God to the, to the uh, firstly to the elderly and secondly other uh, deserving and needy people that we knew of our uh, knew in our neighborhood. So this was another uh, program that we did, and we we try to do these things on a regular basis because this is the teaching of Islam uh, given in the Holy Quran and taught by the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him.
and also we had to wrap up all the Eid celebration activities keeping in view the national curfew hours which um, started um, just an hour ago um, how did that also impact the Eid celebration even for those of us who have the the privilege to to celebrate the Eid yes yes absolutely because uh, this is the labor day weekend here in jamaica so because of that um, there was there were curfew hours the curfew hours were more strict than other days so everyone had to be back inside their houses uh, before 3 p.m so due to this reason uh, we were not able to gather our community from across the island so what we had to do was that in northern uh, part of the country, Northern Ireland, we had, you know, they had their own congregation and we in the south in uh, St. Uh, Catherine and St. Andrew Kingston area, we had our own congregation here uh, at the mosque in St. Catherine. So usually it is a much larger gathering as, is the, as was the practice of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that on the day of Eid, maximum amount of people would ga gather in one large space. But due to the curfew hours, due to the labor weekend, and also considering the social distancing aspect, it was not feasible to have uh, all the members in one place offering prayers together. So again, but we are grateful that even if we were, we had to divide it into smaller uh, sections, we were able to celebrate and uh, uh, you know congregate and offer our prayer services. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time on um, today's program. I should say a very big, I mean, very big thank you um, to you and also to my listeners. Um, here is all that time would allow us on today's, you know, program. And in case you missed any portion, any aspect of it, as you know, you can visit our podcast and then um, every um, episode will be available. Please help me say a very big thank you, listeners, to our honorable guests who joined us today and also all those who made it possible for today's program to be delivered to you may the good lord bless and protect each and every one of us and you know ease the situation across the world until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya muslim community it's love for all and hatred for none and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
Mm-hmm. 